Hello, and welcome to Trumpcast. I have never walked to that music. That's so exciting and sort of vaudeville. Welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who is from Mars, which is part of the moon. Wait, I think I reversed it. Is, the, is, Mars, is Mars part of the moon, the moon part of Mars? I just want to get Trump's astronomy right. All right, we have a great show tonight. It's a live show, but I need to apologize at the top. At Slate, we really are very committed to diversity and pluralism in what we do and everything we do. We try to do really diverse hiring. And we did try to find men who could talk about politics tonight. It is, it's not easy. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have the advantages we have. They didn't have the education. It is not, I'm not being essentialist. It's not like men can't talk about politics. They just don't train, you know? And so it's really difficult. So we don't have men tonight. We do have and he's gonna be front and center. Someday it'll be 50-50. We do have a token male in our improv group, which is great because he could really help with the prep, the sort of admin part of things, which men with their laser-like focus are so good at. (laughs) So it's gonna be all women tonight, and we really do promise to do better in the future about that. Also, what makes our show live tonight is that we have Trumpcast's very own improv troupe, the Trumpcast Colluders. This is Kate, Marla, and Ben, a man. He's got a beard. He's very manly. We'll try to push him out front. They have not prepped at all for this. And that is truly the magic of improv. I mean, I can't quite say like a magician that we've never met, but I can say they have no idea what we're going to talk about tonight. And basically they hear what goes on here and then somehow turn it into, I don't want to say comedy gold, comedy magic. They take magic and turn it into more magic because that's how comedy works. And then we also have the brilliant and more serious voice of Vicki Ward. She's coming up now, the galaxy brain author behind Kushner Inc., who somehow managed to get the Kushner story. No one could. We had her on Trumpcast. I think it's one of the most downloaded episodes. Every page of that book is astonishing from the background of the Kushners all the way to their experience in Europe. Of course, Charlie Kushner, you know, the time that he paid a prostitute to set up his brother-in-law. So that was kind of a cool detail. And then, of course, the Kushner's relationship with the Trumps. It's such a fantastic book, and we're so happy to have her here today. Vicki Ward. And then we also have the comedian par excellence. Um, the only reason, in fact, my 13-year-old son is here, is the awesome Aparna Nancherla is joining us. Her Netflix special is kind of the best thing I've ever seen. She's very well known for her anxiety, so don't spook her. <laughs> but support her in her journey, right? Yes. <laughs> so I thought we would start by talking about the Kushners tonight because there's nothing funny about them at all, and yeah. we definitely need to be very serious about them. I, do they make you as anxious as they make me, especially in that ghost, ghosty picture in Buckingham Palace. Oh yeah, this photo, I think this photo brings up a lot for a lot of people and for various <laughs> reasons. It is definitely a Rorschach test, but it's a white splotch instead of a black. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I For me, as a young minority growing up in this country, like many people, I dreamed of growing up to be a 
straight white man, um, mainly for salary reasons. But uh, I think this photo, for some reason, just reminds me of my parents being disappointed in me (laughs) for not growing up to be that white person they so dreamed. Um, But yeah, no, it also just feels like somehow looking into a house where it's like right after Obama's presidency where it's like hope and change. Where are they? And there they are, just in the window. Ghosts of their former selves. But yeah, I think on Twitter I also saw some Flowers in the Attic references. And I would also say like maybe a still from Get Out too. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Many things it brought up. I think some old timers also said that it was one of those ghost stories that was like, no one's lived in that room for 50 (laughs) years. (laughs) Like, it's not clear whether we're all seeing the same thing. Like, there might be a sane person in the room who sees no one behind right. this one, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> they like, you should definitely buy this house. It has no ties to Russia. <laughs> ne- definitely not. Vicky, I mean, you actually know of, and you've met the Kushners. Oh, yes. Ugh. I've known both Jared and Ivanka for... Over 10 years, Jared wanted to hire me to edit the New York Observer. Uh, I, in fact, when he first moved to New York, I didn't know this, but I was part of a, a PR plan, a three-point PR plan uh, that was that came, a guy called Howard Rubenstein, who is, is uh, kind of very elderly now, but back in the day, he was the PR guru people like Rupert Murdoch and a lot of the real estate developers. When when Jared's father went to jail, Howard Rubinstein came up with this plan to rehabilitate the family name, which involved the Kushners buying a trophy building in New York. It involved uh, Jared buying a media outlet, which was the New York Observer, and Jared dating someone prominent. And we, obviously we all know how it worked out. But as part of the the reason for buying the New York Observer was partly to control the media, but the other part of it was to so he could move with uh, people that he thought was were, were influential. That just as a normal a, a real estate developer, he wouldn't ordinarily get to mix with. And I was working for Vanity Fair at the time, so I guess I counted. So I was in fact Howard Rubenstein's son, Stephen introduced me to Jared all that time ago. And that was toward kind of cleaning up their reputation. Cleaning up their reputation. I did hear sort of gossip from Matt Hiltzik, who's famous for doing PR for Harvey Weinstein. And I feel like as with the feds... What a fun gig. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like they like a challenge, like defense lawyers, you know? yeah, it's like the highest level of PR if it was a video game. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. They've leveled up, leaderboard. You have Harvey Weiss, right? You need a lot of problems to cover up. But he said that he couldn't do what Charlie Kushner wanted, which was... I mean, the only thing anyone knows about Charlie Kushner is that he went to a prison camp in Alabama for setting up his... Wait, I always forget if it's his brother. (laughs) I always forget, and I liked hearing it again. So (laughs) remind us of the details of that awesome chapter in Charlie Kushner's life. Oh, wow. Well, there is a backstory. So so basically, Charlie Kushner decided that on behalf of his three siblings, he was going to get the Kushner name into, uh, you know, Forbes and Fortune. He was, and, and he was going to make them uh, 
as powerful and as prominent as the Kennedys. He said the Kushners are going to be the Jewish Kennedys. So what he did uh, was he was very successful in real estate, used a lot of leverage, but he then took his siblings' money without telling them and other partners' money without telling them in order to buy influence in order to pay all these politicians and uh, Bibi Netanyahu then uh, he paid him uh, four times 100 grand a pop for Bibi to come and speak to the local community uh, he also donated more than anyone else to uh, the campaign of Jim McGreevy who became the governor of New Jersey his siblings when they started to discover that how their money was being used, um, filed a civil suit. The civil suit caught the attention of another ambitious New Jersey uh, prosecutor, then the US attorney, Chris Christie. And he started digging around in Charles Kushner's private life. And Charles Kushner's private life turned out to be not exactly the kind of private life that somebody who was the self-appointed head of a very orthodox Jewish community would have really um, approved of. So Charlie Kushner was so furious with his siblings for airing what he saw his private business, his dirty laundry, that he hired a prostitute uh, to sleep with his brother-in-law, but this was really to get at his sister, who was, who was cooperating with the federal investigation. He hired a prostitute to sleep with his brother-in-law. Brother he filmed the encounter, and then he sent the video to his sister on the day of his nephew's birthday. <laughs> so, so after that, so he was very shortly after that arrested, um, and he pled guilty mainly, actually, Everyone expected him to fight, and it, they actually thought he would beat the financial charges. Um, but what he couldn't do was tell a jury what a good person he was after he'd done this extraordinary sting mm. with a prostitute. But I think, and so, and so he did plead guilty. The other thing that really drove that was the fact that Chris Christie made it very plain that if it went to trial, the prosecutors would air all the private stuff, all the stuff about Charlie Kushner's private life in public. So uh, in the mind of Jared Kushner, who was brought in to sit in with all these meetings with Chris Christie's team, his, his view was that his father was really unfairly sent to jail, that this was a family dispute that should never have been aired in public, that Chris Christie was totally to blame, and he never saw this as a sort of consequence of breaking the law. And that's really important, I think, to bear in mind for what happens later on in the Trump administration. And it obviously turned out to be quite important for Chris Christie. Right, it stopped him maybe from getting the uh, what chief of staff role no, or, well, or the vice president position. Well, no, he was he was running the transition, mm -hmm. and actually, given that you know 
Donald Trump never expected to win and was superstitious. You know, he'd been kind of left alone to run the transition. And he had done quite a lot of work. And every transition has a thing called the transition books, which, you know, are lists of all the possible people who should be viewed for all the, all the administration positions. And Jared, um, it took him 24 hours to say, right, I want Christie gone and I want, I'm throwing out all his work. And that was um, really a disaster because, you know, as we now know, Trump thrives on chaos. But that transition was made many, many more times chaotic because of because of Jared Kushner's actions. Mm-hmm. And Christie maybe could have kept them a little more in well, the bounds Christ, of the Christ, law. Christie, whatever you think of his politics, is a very experienced politician. Yeah, and he would have been a, he would have been in Trump's case. You know, he, he he was in the running for vice president. Jared made sure that didn't happen. And yeah, no, certainly he would have. You know, he wanted a position in the cabinet. And, and, you know, Jared, Jared's put an end to that. I like the, just hearing the whole story of the Kushner saga, I like that rich people's problems are so much more fun. Like, it, it, I just imagine buying influence. Like, I feel like you can only buy influence after a certain income bracket. Like, yeah. I feel like currently the only people who influence I bought is like my gym which won't let me <laughs> cancel my membership but like nobody is like oh well you give me a seat in your have administration. you ever tried to bribe someone because like a, like a maitre d like how about this one dollar bill Would that sweeten the deal could uh, you perhaps carbonate my water yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know what that one what will this do for you <laughs> I think we need to try it more I also get obsessed with how he sent the video on the nephew's birthday to the wife yeah, right yeah. to his sister to his sister like was it an mp3 or to ri- like was it just <laughs> well, attached you, file and what was it called like oh 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 or like now you know it's so interesting <laughs> so this is when I, when you're fact checking you know we were like like how it was it bulky because it's the it was 2004 and we actually <laughs> you really looked it up no, we really looked into this it it really was like one of those you know old video like clunky like must have like taken up being hard to get in the mail like yes, yeah. was just was youtube it was just but yeah this was before you could before just any of it upload it yes cleanly. i think it's buffering buffering yeah it's buffering. Like, yeah you're like what is oh no and then it freezes you're like i think this is bad but do you did she right she must have been like do i need to watch this now it's his yeah. birthday okay I'm going to take a look at yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's going on? Because we now have had the Mueller report drop. We're going to talk more about it. Yeah. But it has to have had consequences for Kushner. He's acting like it's not on Axios and acting like, you know, towing the total exoneration line. Well, yeah. So this but he's is mentioned so many times in it. So he's mentioned it's like 200, it's over 240 times. And I think that what's so interesting about those references are one that it doesn't make him look like a boy scout at all i mean i think my favorite bit in the Mueller report is when that it's during the transition and it's actually and jared thinks that it'd be a great idea to have a private communication with the russians out of the russian embassy and it's actually the russian ambassador who points out to him that that's a really stupid (laughs) idea um but I think, you know, my book is really about money and really about the Middle East. And 
Um, what you can see in the Mueller report, it, you know, especially if you look at the, the footnotes, and Jared wouldn't answer this, but but also from people like there's a Lebanese businessman who's interviewed um, about his dealings. There, there are all these little breadcrumbs that I think indicate that Robert Mueller will have heard testimony that shows that all the sort of conflicts of interest, all the double dealing, all the self-dealing that's really been going on in this administration, particularly by the Trumps and by the Kushners. And that was not the purview of the Mueller report. But it's, it's now the job of the Congress and of other uh, branches of government, like the Southern District or the Eastern District of New York, to, f to follow those. Um, uh, but I think, you know, when I read it, I certainly saw um, plenty of, of signposts that, that prosecutors could follow. Yeah, the like, little bits of breadcrumbs, if you know the yeah. names, and Deutsche Bank, and, and uh, yeah, I it, don't think the Emirates get mentioned, but they're well, Qatar. No, they do. And in fact, um, the crown prince of Abu Dhabi was mentioned so many times that he held an emergency summit. He was, he was really appalled. And I think that that is really telling. And that's, you know, all eyes on Abu Dhabi, on Saudi Arabia, and on their rivalry with Qatar, uh, because Qatar is very rich. But I think that uh, they were not at all pleased at how, ma how many times they got mentioned. So the, so the Mueller report, like, everyone read it except Americans. Right. <laughs> okay. And what? And I mean, they read for and scanned for their name, like we all do. Right. And just like <laughs> right. boring, boring me. Right. Um, and uh, and what? I mean, what did? What was actually said about the? I think I, I feel like I've read it closely and I've listened to the audiobook, and yet it eludes me what, where, where, and what was said about um, those Kushner connections in the Middle East. Well, what. What was really uh, highlighted was all the frenetic networking that was going on in the transition that I think um, has not, you know, we're still now seeing the ramifications mm. of that in what is called the so-called peace plan, which is really not a peace plan. It's, uh, you know, Jared Kushner and his father trying to, give Bibi Netanyahu, their very old family friend, the gift of a lifetime. Um, but to do that, they, they are completely dependent on the Saudis and the Emiratis. Um, and this was all stitched together. I mean, this is me now, you know, this is me sort of basing this on my reporting. It's not all in the Mueller report, but what the Mueller report really shows, if you if you know what you're looking for, is how the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi, who is the mentor of Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, arrived very very quickly um, in the transition and really put all this together. I mean, that's what has driven um, this this strong. Uh, alliance with Saudi Arabia that obviously is really problematic given the characteristic of, of the guy, of the crown prince and, and, and what he's shown that he's capable of. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the fact that this, these people are now our best friends, I mean, is obviously hugely troubling, but there's a very simple reason for it, money. I think I think yeah. more people would have read the Mueller report. I mean, I you know you can. There's lots of great things to say about Mueller, but is he the most scintillating writer? Maybe not. Well, you I mean, know, you're, I, that you're treading on dangerous territory. I there, know, but, but I'm just saying there are you know people might have ghostwritten it. You know, there are very <laughs> successful writers, perhaps a J.K. Rowling or I forget who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. That but person, I feel yeah. like for a dull you know, title like you that, know, it was pretty I exciting. It was gripping. I thought um, it was to disagree. Well, no, I thought it was like John Grisham's the firm, and then somebody, one of the sort, one of former senior White House official, uh, who unfortunately I can't tell you who it is, mm. um, but <laughs> said, you. but actually said to me afterwards, you know, if the Democrats were really strategic, what they should do is hire f- actors and just have town halls around the country mm-hmm. yeah. and read aloud the best bits, especially from the second part. And actually, it was a really terrific Ooh. idea. <laughs> well, I will say that some of that has been done. Um, I've, like, there's a, actually, there really is a graphic novel now. There's a cartoon. There's um, the federal <laughs> prosecutors and Robert De Niro reading their take on volume two, which right. is fantastic. Um, there on volume one, I think no one beats Adam Schiff's "It's Not Okay" right. um, speech, which I plug on the show all the time. I collaborated with Audible to get the complete 19-hour audiobook um, done free from Amazon. Ooh. Yeah, um, Jeff Bezos socking it to the president after all the knockdowns, um, and uh, and some actors did that the first weekend, um, and uh, it's it's like beautifully read. I mean, they just had to read it in a marathon. Um, someone like it's a record. Someone read a hundred pages at a, in one sitting. That's what um, the improv is going troop is going to do. Just improv, the full Mueller report. full Mueller report exactly <laughs> starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the United yeah. States. Yeah. yeah, and there are a couple other forms of it too. Anyway, and Justin Amash has has a has a very good summary of it. Um, I would love oh. a dance version or like <laughs> yes. Ham- Hamilton oh. half rap. They're half um, rap. Yeah. Yes, that's right. J.K. Rowling. Yes. Or, yeah. Or or rap. Wait. Just because I'm obsessed with this. Oh yeah. A bunch of actors did a marathon reading of it in Queens last weekend. So mm-hmm. your former senior White House official. Yes. <laughs> like we can. I can send him all the links. Um, it is really important that we read it. Now let's. But let's admit. Like I didn't even remember that there's this part about the. The Abu Dhabi figure. I um, did not either. So um, so but wait. You have a good summary of it. I do. Yes, on Twitter, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, you just compressed it into. Oh, it, it looked like oh, I, characters. I, I just wrote uh, Mueller's statement was I would if I could, but I can't, so I didn't. But right. <laughs> I really feel like he was like I. Trump did not not commit a crime. Like when he spoke right. to us, he was basically just like wink, wink, yes, wink, Congress, right. please. Yes, um, my eye, there's something in it. it like was I just so. Feel like, what if I could, but I can't, so I won't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, what I mean. We all somehow everyone thinks that's sophisticated and good, but we're either of you, as some of Trumpcast guests, have been disappointed in that. Yeah, I I would um, not to bring Christie back up again, but I was like, if he was a lawyer, who was going to bring all the dirty laundry up. I'm like, we needed someone like him just to be like, and also one time yeah. he didn't, you know, order enough pizzas for the meeting. Like, <laughs> I want all of the information, and then we get to decide. He was just so. Diplomatic about it, that although were. although don't you think it was a catalyst 
it, there was a change that uh, that until that moment, people, a lot of Democrats bought into the bar narrative, and that it mm. was mm-hmm. it did change the conversation, and mm-hmm. suddenly, now this idea that Lawrence Tribe, the Harvard professor, you know, the expert on the Constitution, is pushing that. You know, that there was a sea change. Suddenly, a lot of the Democratic uh, presidential candidates started banging the drum saying, you know, actually, we do need to have a public investigation. We do. I mean, I, I actually yeah. think that Robert Mueller did make a difference. I keep saying I'm not going to say anything about Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> and then I keep saying something about her. And what I'll say is she's a very good summary of the report, and, of course, it ends with her call to impeach, so no further questions. <laughs> so the improv people have been quietly sitting over there, like, evilly over-observing us. Now the Trump cast colluders are here to tell us what we really said. Uh, hey, Jeff. Yeah? I just want to say I had a really great time tonight, and yeah. I know it's the third date, Yeah. Uh, and I just want to be really clear. Um, yeah. I don't want to never not have sex with you tonight. Is it you're doing the Mueller thing? The what? Uh, the, uh, it's called the Mueller thing where I, it's really hard to completely understand. Do you want to come in? Uh, maybe, yes, I don't never want to come in. You see, so there's a straightforward way you could say this. Uh-huh. And I felt like we really, like over dinner, I felt like we really had a lot of common interests. And I, I felt like some real chemistry. And, yeah. and I completely understand consent. Oh. But I... I'm yeah. not quite sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Oh, see, this is what happens. So you put all your hopes on something eventually happening. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, you did. Like, you yeah. put all your faith in that, and you were like, like everything's going to be okay. Time. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you wait for that payoff, yep. and you think it's really going to come true. So. And I'm telling you right now, yeah. I don't want to never not maybe have sex with you tonight. Yeah, yeah. see, if you could just say something definitive, it would make me feel a lot better, because right now I feel like I'm being a bit of a creep, but I don't want to push it. I don't want to push it, but it's still so ambiguous I feel like just say what your intention is yeah because I want to give you agency so I, I no yep. pressure yep just say I want to go inside with you or say uh-huh. also totally fine I don't want to go inside with you just 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 make it clear please yeah please for all of us I think what I'm gonna do clear. I'm gonna leave the matter up to a group of your friends no, and a group of my that. friends I, please, don't, please don't do that please we'll don't do, do that. that and then they can deliberate over it and I'm gonna tell you about my group of friends like uh-huh. one I really agree with one never gets shit done they just stonewall everything <laughs> continually because they have their own sort of like conservative agenda yeah that's so. just friendship in 2019 <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, right, That's right. just the way it is. Uh, okay. okay, I'm going to go inside. Yeah. And I'll leave the door open. Uh-huh. And then maybe you will come in. I think I'm going to retire from dating. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Becky. Yeah. Can I talk to you about something? Oh, my gosh. Of course, Joanne. Anytime. Um, okay, great. I'm just going to... Um, Say this out loud. Yeah. And I'm going to see if you think it's weird or like totally normal and everybody's got this in their past. Um, But you know, um, Mark? Yeah. um, Well, we've gone out a couple of times and um, he's kind of um, got like a a sticking point in his like emotional growth. Uh And um, I kind of pressed him on it last night over drinks and I 
immediately regret it because uh, I was just like, you know, we've all got stuff that yeah. we grew up with. Like, oh my gosh, all we all got, have our baggage. Right? Yes. That's kind of where I was going. And I was thinking that he was going to be like, yeah, I'm not driven enough. Sure. <laughs> but he offered up um, that when he was seven, his uncle sent his mom uh-huh. a videotape of his dad having sex with a prostitute that his uncle, his mom's brother, paid and then videotaped. And then that's like what his seventh birthday was about. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. I just thought this was going to be us being like, I like people who are too giving. It's a problem, you know? (laughs) Wow. Is that weird? Do you think that's weird? How rich are these people? Oh, my God. They're so rich. That's the thing. He okay. is loaded. And so I'm like, is this something I could look past? Is this like a thing that like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years down the line, he'll be hiring somebody to catch me in a sex sting. And like, is that exciting? Is that terrifying? I don't know. You also have to be upfront and be like, in your dating profile, did you put... Never watched a videotape of my family having sex with prostitutes. You know what? I did not. Yeah, you got to be upfront about your deal breakers. Well, that's not one of the columns on He Harmony. Yeah. He Harmony is like, what yeah. book? Uh, okay, so you are here because you are interested in growing up to be a white, privileged person. P-R-I-V-I-L-E-G-E. Uh, congratulations on making it this far. Thank you. Um, you're in the graduate program, of course. So um, just a quick reminder, what are some things that um, privileged white people like? Um, bland food. That's right, bland food. Avoiding spice, um, yes. Talking first and the most. Talking first and the most yeah. specifically, which gender? Uh, I, I would have to say men? Yes, that's okay. the majority of this okay. course yeah. will be about cis. Ooh. Pet, white male privilege culture. Okay. Uh, yes. Failing up. Failing up. Very, very good. Of course, there's very little that a white male can do without succeeding in their lives. A lot of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. But let's start with the basics. Okay. Let's start with yachts. Oh. Y-A-C-H-T-S and corruption. Now a lot, yes, over here. I feel like I should be taking notes, but if I truly want to become a cis-privileged white male, I'm yep. like, fuck it, I don't have to take notes. The notes will yes. come to me. Is that, is that right? Or? You would be surprised at how effective that is. Okay. Actually, yes. Okay. Yes, in fact, don't ever write anything down. Shrug your way through some stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want, some Come advanced back. tips are you can pick up lacrosse. Ooh. Okay. Okay, that's, you can pick up lacrosse. This. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's like, it's hockey up in the air. Okay. Like, imagine okay. hockey down here, and then you it just, just pick it up. It just makes no sense. Uh, right, 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 right. Makes no sense. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, and, um, and then you can take a multisyllabic name. What's your name? Uh, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. That's perfect. Trisyllabic names are great, but put like a, a Landonian in there, like a, oh. a, a Huntington or something, and oh. make it a first name. Okay. What's yours? Maria. Maria. A little too immigranty, Ooh. to be honest. Maria. I feel yeah. it. I feel yeah, And feel not it. like the safe kind of immigrant. Right. Yeah. 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 Can, oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Can you? I'm just curious. Can 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 you tell us how you ended up in this job? Me. I was literally walking through the school, and they were like, we need someone to teach some classes. And I was like, hey, I'm a white dude. And then here I am. And scene. (laughs) 
Okay, so awesome. I can't get the topic of anxiety off my mind because really one of the number one questions people have at Trumpcast, in fact, guests have it before the mic comes on, is just the usual. How are you handling all this? When Trump was first inaugurated or maybe elected, um, I went to the doctor feeling exhausted and she said, not any trace of joking on her face, oh, you have Trump flu. Whoa. Really? And she, I was just like, Trump flu? And she said, like, yeah, a lot of people have Trump flu. It's affect, affecting many Americans, <laughs> I think the majority, and that the treatment was acupuncture. I'm not kidding. What? Yes. I know. And Trump flu, and I just kept being like, Trump flu, that's the joke, right? And she was like, Trump flu, like <laughs> avian flu, Trump flu. Wow. But, um, but you, I like so, that the solution is kind of like a, a privileged form of self-care. <laughs> You're right. So it, it's something, In needles. It's something Ivanka would do. Like yes. Something, right. <laughs> yeah. So Trump flu. Like you said, you called our times, Aparna, the anxiety Olympics. Yeah. I, yeah. Fe- I do feel like after the uh, 2016 election, I did... I don't know, for a while, it did feel like for some anyone who deals with mental health or had depression, anxiety before, it did feel like mental health kind of got gentrified in that all these other yes. people started coming in the neighborhood and it's like, we were here the whole time, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. like, don't come to me with your sad. Like, my sad predates this. Like, we were, like, during Obama. Yes, yes, Like, yes. it doesn't have anything, yeah. It's like, okay, maybe if you bring lattes, you're fine, but... Yeah. But, but so but but has that actually made it somewhat easier in a weird way now that you have um, I don't know if it, I wouldn't I don't know if it would I would say easier. I definitely have to m- make stronger boundaries around the news and my intake of it because yeah. I do feel like social media can exacerbate a lot of uh symptoms around I think just mental wellness in general. Yeah. Cuz I think just all the dogpiling on Twitter and like public shaming and just like the Speed at which information travels, I think sometimes it isn't the the speed at which the human brain is capable of processing it in yeah. a healthy way. Yeah. Yep. Vicky, what about you? I mean, we've never well, ta- talked about this. No. I mean, I think that the danger, you know, in a you know of actually reacting to Trump is that you know that's what he wants mm-hmm. us to do. I mean, it's it it, it every day. I sort of, before I kind of tweet anything, I think, do I really want to engage? Because on one level, it brings me down to him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I was quite, this may sound a strange thing to say, I was quite glad in a way that I was reporting on Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump because I sort of thought they'd been left out Mm -hmm. wrongly from... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a very important narrative. They're about. sort of a marginalized community in the well, story. Well, you know, they, what about for, for a while. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, she there. She was in England this week. But I, mm-hmm. I do, you know, I sort of it. It's really hard to know what to do with Trump. I mean, I can see why you feel sick because it, there's a there's a feeling of powerlessness mm-hmm. because either you engage and you sort of have to play on his terms or you don't engage and then you're not using your voice. It's 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 impossible. It's a hard one. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, for he's uh, horrible on so many levels, but I will say one thing he is adept at is knowing how to nail a personal brand on Twitter. And mm-hmm. that is just 
the, a one-dimensional monolith with no room for nuance. Like, you know what you're going to get when you go to him, and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, violent nonsense. Yeah. But he's like, in charge. That's yeah, what's it. Because yeah. how do you take charge of the narrative? And I haven't yet seen anyone that's really able to do it. I mean, actually, other... I thought Nancy Pelosi was very, very good. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think that needs an intervention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, poor man. <laughs> yeah. That was, I don't, I think he probably, the reason he's now sort of so hysterical about her. Right. Is because he doesn't know how to deal with that. Yes. But, so. but she now seems in her own exhausted. We don't know what's going on with her. We want to wake her up and get her back to well. the way she was around the shutdown. Whoops. Um, so I, I've been thinking and had a column yet. Yesterday, today, about the um, today about the uh, about cheating. Trump is a cheater, mm-hmm. and that led me to look into casino cheating, like other kinds of cheating, like cheating at um, pickup basketball. Did you know, golf. like golf? She did golf exactly. <laughs> a great book about the the commander in cheat um, about his his golf. They call him Pele. The caddies call him Pele because he so often, exclusively, kicks the ball from the rough to the fairway. <laughs> Like just they know he does. Other times he like claims a ball is his is his that isn't. Like he hit his into the water and he's like, I'll just take this twelve year old kid's ball and claim it's mine. Um, but anyway, there is a form of cheating that he might have known from casino cheating called um, collusion. It's like when you <laughs> and the dealer are in cahoots. I know some of you have probably tried this um, in Vegas. Um, but um, but so there's collusion. But also, I was trying to figure out if we think that cheaters um, need to know they're cheating. So like, let's say just a dealer is feeding, so you can bet on them. Like if, or <clears throat> let's say the game, the, 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 the White Sox World Series, the World Series in 1919, the team that won is the Reds because it, it was thrown to them, right, by the White Sox. So like, are they cheating, right? Mm. Maybe not. Okay, but what about if Lance Armstrong or some of the juicing baseball players thought they were getting B12, but they were getting right. anabolics? And then what about um, what about the kids in the admission scandal who say they didn't know, right? But right. they still don't deserve to be at Harvard or whatever, right? We strip that away. So yeah. anyway, tr- do you think Trump, ch- if Trump cheated to win, do you think he cheated to win? And um, oh, and the other thing, wait, one last thing about that, I'm obsessed, is um, <laughs> you are busted for juicing whether or not it helps you win or not. Right. So like Lance Armstrong might have won. He was great. He might have won some tours de France without his drugs. But he, but say he had those titles stripped because we don't know whether he won with it or not. So the idea that the Russian interference had to influence the outcome, and he had to know about it and actively, you know, do more than welcome the interference. I think he can confidently still be called a cheater, if not quite a conspirator. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think he's a bad cheater. I mean, I think he would have liked to have colluded with Russia Mm. properly. Yeah, yeah. And that the reason the first volume of the Mueller report is sort of unsatisfying is because it's basically they couldn't quite pull it off. Um, You know, I think all the stuff, I mean, it's quite clear, it seems to me, that what Trump really wanted was business in Russia 
you know, and mm-hmm. Ivanka Trump, my special subject, you know, was was definitely involved in talks about building a, a Trump Tower in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Trump thought he would use the election. I don't think he actually thought he would win. Um, I think he thought he would, you know, it was it was a con in his mind. The con was that he was going to get really rich mm-hmm. um, by running. Now he's won. He's going to get even richer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the actual what happened with you know I think that the, the the efforts to collude with Russia sort of a, in a way if if you're in Trump's head it shows that he failed right. <laughs> to cheat as well as he would have liked. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but he still I, won. He still yeah. won. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that was the intention. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, because he didn't get the business yeah. and he got stuck with this boring job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's too addicted to attention to be a great con man because you have to kind of be a little willing to be under the radar sometimes when you're trying to pull a long game. And I think he just can't have people not paying attention to everything he's doing enough to be able to like pull off something well without being like, Look what I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what I'm I'm reading Michael Wolf's second book. It's the the sequel to Fire and Fury, um called Siege. And um one thing that he discovered is that everyone around um, Trump, you, you're reading it too, right? Everyone around Trump um, just wants to talk about him so much. Yeah. Like us. Like you, like any time they get alone, they just want to like give their character analysis of him. But one thing he sort of divined from all this is that he really does tell the opposite of the truth almost every single time, just like exact <laughs> inversion. Like it's geometry to him. Like if it can, you know, if the... If it's definitely true that the Central Park Five didn't do it, they definitely did do it. Like if right. the evidence exonerates them, then well, look, he, look yeah. at England this week. He's like on tape calling Meghan Markle nasty. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, I didn't say that. It's on tape. Yeah, but it, you know, it, he's it just doesn't. Yeah, you know, it's water off a duck's back. Right. And but we, then he does it. But then the thing is, he does it according to Michael Wolf. He does it so brazenly and openly and sticks to his lie like a barnacle that he that you he'll never ever say that you know he was wrong about birtherism, about Central Park Five. And like he'll just be presented with DNA evidence. He'll be presented with, you know, whatever it is, and he'll 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 never take anything back. And the cheating happening in plain sight, I mean while you're taking your ball, I don't play golf, but rough, out of the rough, whatever that is, of weeds or something, <laughs> you then, and then just carefully kicking it back, what are you telling yourself? He feels like the inverse of the way a lot of successful women have imposter syndrome where they think they don't belong. Yeah. He feels like what if imposter syndrome was a human and it was an actual imposter running around, and inside it just had no doubt. Oh, yeah, right. like so a reverse. Fraud. Yeah, like oh, a yeah. reverse of yes. what the rest of us feel, he where we're like, I is I an imposter, but yes. he's sure that he's totally. Yeah, yeah. he has like right. confidence syndrome. <laughs> right, yeah. where right, where like those of us with imposter syndrome, everyone yes. says to a friend, "I feel like I'm an imposter," and they're like, "No, you're not." But he says, "Like I feel like I'm great," and the Whereas friends want to be like, actual... "No, you're an imposter." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think do you know there's a there's a famous story about Trump that you're now reminding me of when he was going through his company was going through bankruptcy, and he walked outside Trump Tower, 
and he saw someone, uh, you know, begging in the street, and he had, uh, I think, ten dollars or something in his, you know, in his tray. And Trump said to someone, "You know what the difference between that guy and me is? Ten. He has ten dollars." <laughs> and I, you yeah. know, if you think about that mentality i mean most of us if we were faced with bankruptcy you know it would be um terrifying his mentality is you know how do i con my way how do i con my way out and the extraordinary thing is it's worked mm. oh, i hate ending on that but <laughs> um we're gonna bring back the trump cast colluders i should have said it's kate marla and man ben <laughs> That sounds too close to man bun. Um, hi, is the pharmacy still open? Uh, yes. Oh, hi. Yeah, hi. I wanted to get a, a flu vaccine for Trump flu. Uh, for, I'm sorry, for what? For Trump flu. It's only like you a, said Trump flu. Yeah, yeah, for Trump flu. I want to get a, va- a flu vaccine. Well, we have... Every year, right, uh-huh. the, they, the CDC puts out the vaccine. Yes. And it's based on the strains of the flu that they think are going to be prevalent. This is super prevalent. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Know. It's, yeah. But I'm immobile. Pro- I can't I go to... It's interfering with my life. I get it. Yeah. I hear you. But the problem is... Take my temperature. We have to go back to 2016. Nobody uh-huh. thought that this was a strong strain, right? Nobody thought that this was oh. going to be something that we needed to... So we've got, you know, the, the two strains hey, that I'm were... So, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm battling really bad W diarrhea, and there's nothing in your aisles back oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a few pills, like, wow. Oh, back here, George yeah, W yeah, diarrhea. Yeah, 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 W okay. diarrhea. I haven't it's heard that one in a away. while. Never I know. Away. Here, I'm going to give you the two packets we have left. They're free. Oh, they're free. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. I had like Obama elation for eight years. I know. And oh, this that stuff was the best. Disappeared. Yeah. yeah, it was great, yeah. right? But then yeah. the W diarrhea came right back. I know. I so, know. Well, the problem is you have to take one right at the onset, and then you have to take another one an hour later, and another one after your next. Okay. Episode. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Jump sure. through. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can I sell you something else? Like um, no, maybe you know, maybe I'll just try some natural remedies. You know, like just being in a coma. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just not reading or looking at anything. Yeah, that is exactly what I prescribe. When people come here all the time, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't help yeah. you. Your best bet is just to put on blinders, okay. go about your life. You might want to come back in two years after 2020. Uh-huh. By then, <laughs> ironically, we'll probably have the Trump flu vaccine, right? But hopefully yeah. we'll be on to something else. God willing, we are. But if not, yeah. we'll have that vaccine ready for you. Okay. Okay? Maybe like a Warren Balm. Sure. We'll be really soothing. Sure. Yeah. Hey, babe. Yeah. Um, I have to say something. And I, before you like react or say anything I just I just want to get it all out okay yeah of course um oh okay you know the um the big accounting um seminar thing I went to in Buffalo last week yeah um well um as you know (laughs) this industry is predominantly male and um I absolutely went to that conference planning to sleep with somebody else, okay? I approached several men, I would say, somewhere in the neighborhood between five to eight. Um, All of them for various reasons. Uh, 
turn me down. Um, some oh. of them were in happy relationships. Some of them just weren't physically attracted to me. Um, one guy was 17, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, and I just, oh, God, I feel so much better. I'm like, I tried. It didn't work. So I'm really like, I'm here. I'm in this. <laughs> I, yeah, still still not okay. Okay, you but. You know that, right? I know you, you didn't cheat. Is you, that what you're I saying? I didn't cheat. Sure. Nothing happened. Nothing but happened. You kind of. God, did she? But you said, uh, did I? I mean, did you, I? You intended to cheat. Yeah, but you, like, was I just expressing myself with the result that might have been cheating? I mean, Elise, you left, like, look at this. You left with four different suitcases, and I asked, are those all different outfits? That yeah, you brought? Yeah, I mean, the conference is like, whoo, I've got to look my best several times a day. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just, I'm just saying, like, you can go through there. There's, like, no hotel room keys. There's no, you can check my phone. No, it's not. Check my phone, babe. Not, There's no, no numbers in no, no, there. No, no, no. You're misunderstanding. Because you intended to cheat. That's just as bad as cheat. Maybe not as Is bad. It, see? I mean, it's not. Okay, fine. It's not right, as bad. Right, because would you feel worse if I was like, I banged a bunch of dudes? Like, would you? Be I, honest. I would. You're right. You're right. Be you're honest. Right. If there was, yes, if there's a spectrum, I would feel bad. <gasps> right? I mean, on the spectrum, would be like, did you bang a bunch of dudes at the same time? Did you bag them all individually. Yes, that's all nuanced. Weirdly, that's all I'm nuanced. kind of okay with the 17-year-old, except yeah, for the right? underage. Exactly, right? But, He's but, got a mother somewhere. Sure. So I just like live in that moment yes. of like, I'm horrified that you screwed around with a bunch of people at the conference, and now come back. I can't, but once you're over that line, I just, uh, baby, I can't. I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I can do that. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Do you remember when T- you got so mad at me because I looked at pornography and you found that? Yeah, that's disgusting. What? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen, I looked at the pay. I looked at your numbers, and yeah, sadly, I, I do think it's bankruptcy that you're gonna have to pursue in order to get out of this. Okay. Okay. Uh, so congrats. Thank you so much. Do you believe it? <laughs> Finally. Well, I brought you, in your mom. She's so proud. Get of out of here. Oh, my God. And it's a little cake. I have says, worked. You got nothing. I, yes. I have worked so, so long and so hard for this. Thank you, oh Mom. Thank well, you. Well, only winners can achieve this, right? If you didn't have a lot, you I can't know. have nothing. That's right. That's right. Right, it's a real Icarus thing, right? I really right. flew so close to this, and I really fell so yeah. far. This cake is frosting. There's nothing inside. Oh Yama. my gosh! It's a bankruptcy cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll cut into it, but yeah. there's nothing to cut into, right? Oh, it's just the right. frosting. Just empty calories. Oh wow! Oh. Um, so I guess I'll be moving back in. <laughs> Yay! I can't wait to tell the ladies at Mahjong that two of my sons have moved back into the basement. I was always comparing myself to my brother Chad and then right. he went bankrupt right out of college right. Ooh, right. and I was like will I ever get there is it ever meant for me and then I finally did in my yeah. mid 40s I made it you. I know it took your dad till 62 oh my gosh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot just like the old man always, always trying to aim for that bankruptcy huh? Aww. do you have any advice for him as he goes on his way I'm his mom so he doesn't yeah. want to listen to me but I'm just oh, so oh gosh you know you. just relish in your failure oh be oblivious to others' pain and really oh. enjoy that. Oh, I'm taking that white privilege class at the community center, so oh, I feel like... Oh, good for you! Let's see. 
Trumpcast watched as closely as anyone the Mueller report, the Mueller investigation unfold. And those of you who have been listening from the beginning know that this show started when Jacob Weisberg just thought it would be whimsical to make a show about one of the weirder and less likely candidates for the Republican nomination. And then as a sort of job creation initiative of Trump, he kept winning, and so we kept having jobs. I I mean, I don't want to be grateful to anything, but it was interesting on election night when we had a live event to celebrate the end of our jobs, because we knew Hillary would win, and then the bride was shot in the face, basically. I know, so it's a bad night. But but anyway, so we're still here. So we watched that investigation of the appointment of Mueller, firing Comey, appointment of Mueller, and then, then of course, waited to see what would happen. And there's something slow motion about this time right now. Like, what is, I mean, what have your, we touched on this a little bit, but what, for you, what did you expect from the report and where do you, or do you feel the same suspended animation that I feel right now of what's yes. next? Yes, because I think the real story of this administration um, is not in full sight and, and it is about all this dealing in the Middle East. Um, and so that is why I'm so supportive of of what Professor Lawrence Tribe has written about in the Washington Post yesterday and talked about today on television. I happen to be on the segment after him, so I paid close attention. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this idea that the House should have a sort of proper prosecutorial investigation so that <clears throat> all these and witnesses like Hope Hicks, Don McGahn, they should all be called so that we can really understand. Rex Tillerson from the State Department would have an awful lot to say, as would James Mattis, the Defense Secretary. You know, I mean, I end my book um, at a moment when Jared Kushner's company is hit the trophy building on which they had a massive amount of debt, um, and the clock was ticking, it needed to be paid by February of 2019, that quite miraculously, a Canadian company whose largest outside shareholder was the Qatari government, bailed them out with a, in a deal that made no sense. It was a 99-year lease that, which was paid up front. And at the same time, the US withdrew its support of the blockade of, of this country, of Qatar, where, by the way, there is an American base. You know, I mean, this is real diplomacy for dollars. And, and we haven't begun to understand. We see, like, the state visit to, to England, where every single member of the Trump family, including Tiffany, <laughs> um, you know, is, was rolled out, was... was you know, every, there was a mockery in the Met, in, in, in the media. You know, this was, but it was the tip of the iceberg. This is all about branding. It's all about money. And I think that what I feel is, when are we going to get to the bottom of this? Because mm-hmm. it can't be quick enough. And we're not. You're right. It is too slow. We're not going quick enough. We. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're stuck. Yeah. Do you do you worry about the consequences for national security of these yes. unholy bargains? I mean, where do you think that might follow? Like, really? Well, this this have, is have this was implications the most... for our our safety and our everyday life. Like, when is the water not going to going to stop running? I mean, we've already lost uh, Jamal Khashoggi, and we have right. um, and you know we have 
uh, internment camps at the border with children in them. Right. Um, but but t- from the point of view of the Middle East. Right. Well, so the the sort of, this was the great fear of Rex Tillerson and James Mattis, right? You know, James Mattis, an extraordinarily qualified general. Rex Tillerson was qualified to be Secretary of State because, he, because of what he'd done at ExxonMobil. And Jared Kushner kept pushing them out of his communications with Mohammed bin Salman, Mohammed bin Zayed. And um, the sort of tipping point when they really, really were frightened was precisely when after the, right after the, uh, the, the US, the, the presidential visit to Riyadh to Saudi Arabia, where the theme of that summit was all about cooperation in the Gulf. There was clearly a secret deal going on, sort of about 10 days later. Um, the Saudis and the Emiratis launched a blockade of Qatar, where there is an enormous American airbase. That's our security. Rex Tillerson and James Mattis were in Australia. They were absolutely horrified because they knew that the Saudis would never have done this without a green light uh, from the White House, and the per- and it was very clear to them that the person who gave the green light was Jared Kushner because he had monopolized this relationship and he'd cut everyone out of his communications. And when they, you know, they went to the region immediately to try and defuse the situation. But the end of the story basically is that Jared succeeds in pushing both of them out. And Mohammed bin Salman, meanwhile, after an all-night session with Jared Kushner, starts his rendition program where he imprisons all any Saudis who could challenge him in the Ritz-Carlton in Riyadh. And it ends with, it doesn't end, but as part of that same re- repressive rendition program, there is the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. And what you've seen is that the people around Donald Trump who are actually qualified in matters of national security are shrinking. And it is basically now Jared's show. And the security experts that I speak to think that um, this deal, what he's trying to do with Bibi Netanyahu is going to be, if, if I mean, he may not pull it off because of, of uncertainty in Israel with those elections and, and other, you know, the timing may be unfortunate for them. But were he to pull it off, it would be extraordinarily dangerous because it, you would have the Palestinians completely um, alienated against not just Israel but against America. And in the long term, that could be extremely, extremely dangerous. I, I know the answer is everything, but what are you scared of? In particular, what am I scared of? I um, that, what a what a loaded question. Um, I, I mean, I am obviously less well versed in in the foreign policy intricacies of of the current administration, but I will say that as as more of a layman viewing the Russia investigation, to me, it almost did feel like um, similar to the season finale of Game of Thrones yeah. or series finale where it's like we were all watching it and we we're expecting this huge payoff and then it just came and went and I think there was even like a petition to do it over um, and it kind of just feels like that was it like that was what yeah. we all geared up for um, Sunday nights uh, 
so I, I I don't know like what am I scared of? I think it I think it's like we were talking about before where it's almost like a burnout of anxiety where you're mm. like I hit my I hit my fear peak yes. this week. Um, I think I'm just gonna marinate in paralyzed dread for a while. Did either um, of you uh, like to substitute on Sunday night uh, Chernobyl? Did you, oh my did you watch gosh. Chernobyl? The, it's just relaxing. It's the feel good alternative. It's a feel good thing. Mm-hmm. You just eighty six. Wow. Just like things feel good. The Soviet Union. Just <laughs> it's my escapism. Um, but my God. Um, <laughs> but um, oh, <wow>. but <laughs> but um, there's this really like you saying we reached our limit. There's this um, it, you know it's a story of disinformation like our times too. And one, did anyone see it? Has anyone seen it here? Yeah, it's so good, right? Um, and uh, and so the nuclear reactor core has just melted down, and they're measuring to see how much um, uh, rentgens of radiation are in the air. And they're told that they, there's 3.6, which is a horrible level, but not, you know, not out of this world level. And then they discover that their dosimeters. See, I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> don't go beyond 3.6. It's the highest it has ever gone. So wow. they later find when they get like a actually good, sensitive, high, whatever piece of equipment that it goes, you know, that it's thousands or whatever. Right. And I sometimes feel like Nancy Pelosi, for example, is just looking at the 3.6. Like it's as high right. as we go, but we don't have a measure for this much, right, much political right. radiation. Yeah. Just to keep pushing the metaphor. Um, <laughs> um, but that's how it seems. It just seems like our instruments just don't go this high. Yeah. I mean, what Vicky just described is a, is catastrophic. And then that's when you forget about Puerto Rico. You know, you right. forget about Puerto Rico. You forget about abortion. You forget about the kids at the border. And um, and then we're off the dosimeter. Yeah. You know? I, I think it is, like you're saying, a question of vantage point, too. It's like we haven't been in this position before so we're seeing everything kind of like okay is this happening because we don't have anything to compare it to at least not in my lifetime yeah yeah it seems bad I mean although I do recommend Chernobyl not in your (laughs) lifetime (laughs) but that was bad that was really bad their skin gets translucent and then their veins collapse it happens really fast wow Um, (laughs) um, on okay um I think I said um, I said something about Trump, how Trump cheated to win on Twitter, and someone said I still blame the American people, you know, because we were stupid enough to believe Hillary was sick or Pizzagate or Chupacabra or whatever the Russian disinformation was. But I don't blame the people because, and this is where my thought process was. I'm thinking of immunity, like immunity to radiate, like physical immunity, and we just don't have immunity to disinformation of the kind we're getting now. Right. I mean, even, I, anyway, this is my question. Have you all admitted, ever believed a piece of disinformation? I have, and I'll tell you what it is at the end. But like, just some thing that got in your head. Um, even Molly McHugh, the information expert, was telling me she believed this thing about Poland that was like really elaborate. She like spent the day talking about it with people. Um, well, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> Someone on Facebook said, I think Antifa, right around the time of the Charlottesville, um, August 10th, the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally, that Antifa was as bad as the neo-Nazis. And they had evidence that they were, like, really violent and, you know, and it was basically a very... 
very terrible people on both sides kind of thing. Right. And I, it was a smart person. It's actually someone whose name you'd recognize, like a writer for a news daily broadsheet newspaper in, in New York. And I didn't really check the videos. And I suddenly was like, oh, that's a good point. I shouldn't really just get all behind Antifa. Like, maybe they're bad too. And it really took me a while to, like, spiral, go back from that. You know, yeah. or like Hillary's pneumonia is going to kill her or whatever. Right. I just, I don't, I don't think we have the immunity. See, you guys have good immune systems. No, no, I don't. I, I definitely, I've fallen for misinformation all the time. And I've definitely retweeted things without reading the full article. Uh, come on. My first paragraph, that's got to be the gist. <laughs> headline, uh, headline. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think I spread something once where it was like a Dove campaign that was racist, but then they had just taken it out of context. They had just like taken and one picture from the ad without all the information and yeah. then just that by itself made it seemingly look racist but it wasn't yeah, yeah so yeah. i think it's it's you're right we aren't equipped with all the things to ask yeah. to be like is this real and we're moving f- super fast mm-hmm. too fast um also i think i've cited this on the show but the MIC, MIT, an MIT study soon after the hacks on the election, particularly the hacks on social media, showed that we're more apt to share things that are hyper-arousing, especially disgusting, mm-hmm. than we are, and also untrue. We just are drawn to lies, you know, to fiction. Right. Um, so I think, and I think there was an example that, and more than confirmation bias, we're driven by like whatever kind of like yeah. gets us high. So the example was... Um, Trump, a news item about Trump having taken a sick kid, given him a free ride on his airplane to the hospital. He did do that, and right. nobody shared it. The Trumpites <laughs> didn't share it because it's just boring, right? Yeah. Right. So it wasn't just like, even though it made him look like the one thing in the world that's ever kind of made I him mean, look like a good it guy. It doesn't fit with the brand. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't fit with the brand. Like the thing has to be. So I don't know. I think there's a level of like biological. Like, it's our biology. Like, we get addicted to it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of, like, thinking that maybe it's, like, we thought that we'd be hit with germ warfare. You know, that, like, it's some virus or anthrax we'd all be hit with. But instead, we were hit with this attack on our hearts and minds that came through information, you know? Yeah, yeah and we think it. We think it's good because we're like, I also saw, you know, a puppy rolling into leaves. So yes, exactly. So it can't be bad. Yeah. If that's over there, right, exactly. Yeah. And my aunt has an Etsy store that she's putting over here. And yeah. Um, I think now, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I spend, for obvious reasons, a huge amount of my time talking to people in Trump world, in the, whether they're in the White House or uh, elsewhere on Capitol Hill. And it is true, to your point. You know, my, the phone goes like 10 times a day. And it's, they are as prurient and as obsessed with the president's failings. Oh, yeah. You know, they want to enable the Democrat media. I mean, they have as much, you know, I mean, I hate to use the word fun. They're enjoying themselves. Ah, uh, you mean savoring the sort of downfall? No, they, the- they are enjoying being part of the story oh. that people like me and you then tell. Uh, I see. Right. Right. You know, so I mean, what I what I, what I really found interesting when I was reporting the book on Jared Navanka was <clears throat> that how united both sides of the political aisle were about them. It mm-hmm. wasn't that surprised that a lot of Democrats 
by the time I got to the story, had real problems with their ethics. But the amount of piling on from people who you would think would be their biggest fans was really interesting. I just realized, partly because I want them to have to tear up their whole <laughs> improv thing, to t like whatever's next, to, to talk about a whole new subject. But I really, really want to just ask you and pretend we're just sitting together gossiping. What is Ivanka Trump like? I don't know why I've oh, never asked yeah. you. I think that she is um, fake. Yeah. Just completely <laughs> the crowd <fake>. was <laughs> What a visceral reaction. But what we well, mean like she's nervous, a woman she has ever no, been but actually, you know something? I, I use that word. She is fake in every way. She's fake physically and she's fake she was very successful when she was in New York presenting herself as an independent, you know, working mother. She had an, a very effective branding machine that, that, you know, that really worked. And it worked in part because, like her husband, she was so much more polished um, and articulate and more balanced, so it seemed, than her father. What's happened when she's got to Washington is that all those pretensions have been stripped away for what they are, which is pretensions. And actually, she's emerged as someone who is absurdly dependent on her father mm. for her identity, her status, her power. She's, she's really like a little girl and when you really look at what she's done in terms of policy, it's very little. And, and what she has done is really sort of hypocritical. I mean, she was involved in the, uh, lobbying for the expansion of the childcare tax credit. Meanwhile, her own fashion brand, which she did not let go of for 18 months, which was really appalling. She put herself in all these rooms with foreign leaders whose countries then gave her brand trademarks. I mean, just appalling kind of appearance of of conflicts of interest and corruption. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there she is lobbying the expansion of childcare uh, tax credit, while her, her own brand has the most appalling child mm -hmm. labor practices. So she's, nothing about her is real. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that that's my really big takeaway in a funny way that you know, personally, I prefer the brothers, Eric and Don. Do because, you? Well, because uh, for one reason, I don't know, they, I think they are what they seem. Mm. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty great. You're I mean, saying they have weird faces. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, but I've wondered if sometime one of the Trumps came on the show, and of course I just want to think that I would be like, uh. To, you know, to either any of them. Um, but I have this weird horror that, like, what if she made, like, a guest appearance right here with us? Would we just, like, all suck up to her still? Like, initially, we'd be like, we're all in it together. We hate her. She's fake. She's awful. She's responsible for child labor horror. But then we would just be, like, New York about it and say, Ivanka, it's so great to see you. You're back from England. Wouldn't, would we or not? Well, like, are you able... When you sit with Jared or Ivanka, are you able... Well, now they probably won't talk to you. No. <laughs> but I'm, back, I'm not sorry. But yeah. back when you were, like, evilly, like, planning to write your book, would they... I mean, would you have to flatter them? No. Well, no. 
in fact, I had an off-the-record meeting with Jared in the summer of the campaign, and um, a publicist sat in with it, and I was actually trying to persuade him to go on the record. Um, this was for an, uh, for an article for Esquire magazine, which really was, the I didn't know it would be the precursor to the book, but it was. And, um, you know, I can't share what he said um, because it was off the record, but I will say that I left. Well, that this is a private room. No, but it, <laughs> I, you know, I left that meeting literally feeling like I needed to have a bath. Uh. Um, so no, I mean, I did, I did not suck up to him, but it was very clear. Uh, he made it very clear in that meeting how he viewed journalists, and um, it was very, you know, I, I left that, I, you know. For a guy who'd owned a newspaper, he clearly did not understand or had any interest in understanding the point of public service. Um, if you mm. met Ivanka, she comes up to you after a show, backstage. She's like a secret service with her, and she says, like, I'm a huge fan. What? What do you say? <laughs> I mean, I would say thank you because it's polite. But, right. But I it would be I would be like, no, you're not. Do, would you have some thugs take her away that like hang out back with you? Back <laughs> My to- secret service? Yes, um, you're, yes. I I don't know if I'd be like, take her away, but I, I would be like, I don't really have anything to say to her. Yeah. That of that would be nice. I still her think words. that on election day in New York best confrontation with Donald Trump is when he was like signing his ballot yeah or checking his ballot um some guy leaned over and just said New York hates you Donald Trump (laughs) (laughs) and then on the women's march they had France hates you Donald Trump and I think if we see him that you should just say America hates you Donald Trump but anyway everyone always tries to think of what they'd say like oh tell him but yeah that's all I tell but but I think your question I mean I hear it all the time what will New York do to Jared and Ivanka because this is, mm. you know, to use Steve Bannon-esque terminology, this is their base. Mm. And it is a sort of parlor mm. get you know, question, you know, what will will they just come back and do they have so much money that that, you know, New York is a town all about money, they'll be forgiven and absorbed. I mean, I don't know, for obvious reasons, I hope not, but um, I, can we agree that we're not gonna like serve them in restaurants and just like <laughs> every, just I mean, every time I've seen the Trump like brigade in the city like one time I was on near you know wherever their building is and it was like New Yorkers just made a collective opinion to just make a parade of middle fingers like everyone who was near just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. politely stood almost like if you were saluting but the opposite <laughs> right they were just like this is what we do now it's just our pact yeah, yeah it's yeah. just our yeah. pact all right, we have one more brilliant appearance from the Trumpcast colluders. Hey guys, guys, yeah. we yeah. just got the numbers back, and um, our brand is tanking. Okay, this shampoo is supposed to be on the shelf of every single person with hair in the continental United States, and it just isn't. So what I would like to do is have a quick brainstorming session about how we can appear more inflammatory, racist, like just anything to get people to retweet us in a mistaken way and go, oh my God, I had no idea, finesse, 
felt this way, yeah. right? Okay, we sure. want this people like what it takes. This is what it takes. This is that sort of no, no. There's no such thing as bad attention. That's right. That's right. No such thing as a bad idea. And you want us to really say terrible things right here in this room? Well, I feel like why not? You know? Okay. The opportunity has befallen us. First ingredient. Yeah. Baby tears. Ooh, oh, I like yes. it. I'm writing it down yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, that we collect uh, through abuse. Abuse. Okay. Not just natural, regular Babies. crying. Your oh, right, right. We can't have good. organic crying. It has to be no. something yeah. like they were left uh. alone in a, a, a car. Put like a car with the yeah. windows yeah, up yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's a cute baby. We're like, oh, this baby is so cute. Oh, it's left in the car. We should put very lo- in large letters like tested on animals. Yeah. I like Aggressively it. I like tested it. on animals. I like it. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Let's think of the cutest animal we could test on. Uh, baby panda. I would say cute. panda. Baby they're panda. dying out anyway. Yes. Right? So that could, if they're. they're we could be like, this is the last panda. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yes. this, this is the last, on the last panda. Ooh, river otters in love. Oh my Very God, there's good. like two otters yeah. and we just take them both out. I like it. Okay. Otters okay. in love. Who's someone that's still alive and beloved, like a Betty White or a Julie Andrews? Oh my blood. God. Maybe their blood. Yes. We took their blood. Betty White's yes. blood. Ooh, 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 their medication. Their medication. Yes. I like it. I, oh, the medication. Betty White's medication is used on the last baby panda. Like, yes. what if we put it all, and the baby it. panda is locked in a car, the window is not rolled down. There we go. Right? So there's layers to it. You know what we can do? We can take a picture of Betty White force feeding the medication into the panda and then put that on the bottle. And it says, if you don't look good, that's on you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Ivanka Trump. Are you serious? Yes! Putting like 13 Splendas in her coffee. Here we go. Dude, what are we gonna do? We talked about this. I know, we rehearsed it so many times. Okay, okay. Okay, here we go, here we go. Wait, wait, wait. (sighs) She's like, she's like really pretty. Do you notice that? Don't fall for it. I know, but she's We talked about this, we talked about this, okay? Okay. Remember what we'd say, we'd go up there, we'd say America fucking hates Hates you. you. And you should hate yourself. Yes. You, you shouldn't be in. You should. You should spend the rest of your life in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. You can have Mar-a-Lago. The rest of America belongs to us, right? And I've never said the c word, but I might this one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. This okay. is the time that we earn this it. This is the I time. I can't say it. I can never say it. No. May I never say it no. unless I was English, and then it's like fine. Right. I don't fully right. understand. I know. But since weird. I'm American, I can't say you it. Can't say it. Yes, but you can say it. Okay. And you should say it. Okay. Excuse here we go. Excuse me. Do you guys work here? Yes, of course. Yes. yes. Hi. 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 Your creamer has like curdled a little bit, and oh, I just no, don't. Sorry, so if it's sorry. because sorry. the sun is coming through the window. Yeah, oh, that must be exactly how yeah. milk curdles is the sun comes the sun, through the window. Yeah, Thank you that's for a totally that. normal thing everyone know knows. That. Do you yeah. think I could have a new coffee? Oh, of course. Of course. Oh my course. gosh, you guys. Thank and you I'm so, so much. I'm so sorry, but you're Ivanka Trump, right? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> oh we um yeah. Um, so um, we're you go, you go okay. Um, God, what's the opposite of we're big fans? Um, um. I heard we're big fans, and I just want to say, of course you are. Most people don't have the guts to come up to me because of well. <laughs> And I just want to say, you're so brave to be on the clock and yet still talking to me in this service-related interaction. The coffee, the coffee, the coffee. We're blowing it, we're blowing it. We're blowing it, man. Go, okay. God damn it, her skin is so smooth. I know. Okay. Uh, Here you go. Non-curled milk. 
Okay. Um, so. I have seen your tops on clearance at Marshalls, and I do not buy them. Oh my God, I know because you pay full price. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I saw that Nordstrom doesn't carry your uh, clothing line anymore. Yeah, I know. They sold out, and they just oh, said they the can't planet. handle the rush. She's fake newsing us right she now. Is. Mm. She's literally gaslighting mm. us in front of our face. Uh, um, um, I, I think it's reprehensible that you employ children. Okay, what? I think, it's, I think it's reprehensible that children make your clothing for your fashion brand. Okay, what? Come again. I can't hear you over the counter. What? She called you a cunt. Oh, you can't say that word! <laughs> hey, can I talk to you kids? Kids, come down here. I want to show you two something that I received. Two subpoenas. What? what? Two subpoenas were sent to this house. When I grew up and you got a subpoena, you marched your ass down to the Capitol. Okay? Your generation in this hoity-toity, I don't respond to subpoenas. Do you know what your grandfather would have done? Oh, here we go. I don't know, like been old and cranky? Okay, okay. Old and he, if he had received a subpoena, he would have... As fast as he possibly could have reported immediately. Dad, subpoenas don't mean anything. So, okay. See, this is where I disagree. If you get a subpoena, you reply to that subpoena, especially if it's from the government. Okay? Yeah, but like, how do you know it's from the government? It and what says it kind of on the subpoena! Yeah, but like, what kind of subpoena is it? Is it like a real subpoena? Is it like, uh, we're just gonna subpoena a bunch of people to show that we're doing our job? Like, how are we supposed to know what kind of subpoena There's it no is? difference. It's a real subpoena from the government. Open them. Open your subpoenas. I feel like once I open it, that means Open your to... subpoenas or nor baseball or ice cream. Uh, open your goddamn subpoenas. I don't interact with paper. I'm not entirely sure what to do with it. Okay, this. all right. Well, you know what? Just wipe open the page, all right? Put your wipe. fingernail on top and then do a wiping like motion across. There you go. Ah, bleeding! Good, good. What is this? What is blood? <laughs> Why did this paper cut me? It's like a paper cut. Just imagine okay. it's, a, it's an analog Dad, iPad, okay? This makes no sense. It's a bunch of boring jargon. Maybe if they got a bunch of actors to perform it, I would pay attention. Yeah, like tour it across the country and make me like present it in a format that I'll understand. Yeah, bring in dance or some shit, some rap. Then I'll yeah. report. Yeah, make a rap song out of it and then make 13 different versions of it. Okay. If that's what it'll take, I'll start writing a rap song for you kids. You want your dad to rap? You want some dad rap? No. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. All right, that's it for today's show. Trumpcast was produced by Melissa Kaplan tonight. Um, and uh, and every, every Trumpcast is produced by Melissa. She really, um, yeah, she really knocks herself out for us, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much to the Trumpcast colluders. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're available to riff on your life um, for a small fee. And thanks to the comedian par excellence, Aparna Nancherla. And Vicki Ward, thank you so much for being here. Oh, okay. And thanks, everyone, for listening and being here for Trumpcast.